Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Nothing. Guys, being dudes here on the Draft Dudes podcast. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network. And we are your hosts here on this Wednesday episode of the show. Another great week of football ahead. Head on over to Bet Online. It's the number one spot for all your sports betting action this season. They've got NFL, college football, bowl games, pro and college hoops, the NHL, boxing, UFC. They've even got those Vegas casino games if you want to play some of those. And folks, they just updated their website. Check them out. And if you do, you sign up today. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code BLEAV50. That's B-L-E-A-V-5-0. BetOnline is where the game starts. Kyle, happy Wednesday to you. It is time for the Levy Grail the second time this season. This is the second year we've been doing the Levy Grail, so I'm super stoked to put the optimist hat on. You know, we, we were being optimistic uh, in the pre-show. Uh, for the grind that we're on right now and just trying to you know put things in perspective so it's only fitting that we're going to take that same hat that we tried to put on ourselves personally with kind of a tough stretch and we're going to apply it to some of these NFL franchises that uh this past weekend were eliminated from the playoffs for 2021 kind words only regarding only. the New York Jets the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Detroit Lions okay Fight on, my men. I am hurt, but I am not slain. Oh, I love this song. I'll lay me down and bleed a while, and then I'll rise and fight again. A Scottish poem that Marv Levy a Scottish. gave to his team, the Buffalo Bills, after they lost each of those four consecutive Super Bowls. It's about optimism. It's about rising again and finding the winning groove if you're the Jets, Jaguars, and Lions, and that's what we're doing today. And Chris, I mean, we're doing the Jets, man. This is going to be kind of weird. Can you just like maybe just turn off your camera? I don't want to. I don't want to look at you while we say any of this. Absolutely, Joe. I can do that for you. No, I I do want to ask you a question. He really before, did it. Yeah, he did it. There, <laughs> you, there he went. I do want to ask you a question before we start, though. You know, you, yeah. you mentioned this is a Scottish poem, ballad, Scottish ballad, Scottish yeah. ballad. Excuse me. Yeah. What is the what person do you think of to do a Scottish accent when you try and do one? Oh, okay. I, you know me. I'm just going to give you what comes to my head. Yep. You ever seen that movie? Um, <laughs> it's a cartoon. It's got those okay. little squirrels in it. Chip and Dale. Um, what's that? Chip and Dale. Open season. No, open season. That's oh, it. Not, not at all those what I was squirrels? expecting you to. Not, not at all the movie I was expecting you to have, oh. have watched given your film watching resume. Open season. Can I tell you where I thought he was going to go? Hmm. When he started with movie, I was like, he's going Braveheart. Like that's that's where this oh, is going. This is where I we're going to have to have seen Braveheart to <laughs> reference it. You know, I I was saying Austin Powers with Fat Bastard. Oh, that would be the by answer the way, I would expect from you. But by the way, would you like some chicken? I've got more. 
I had a my, like one of my best friends in middle school loved that movie and like we just did not see eye to eye on it and he would always like quote it it's kind of ominous right like my best friend in middle school very similar to the current best friend who don't relate to them yep all right kyle i gotta i got i've got the most nice things to say about the jets i've come prepared i have notes well yeah let's it's it's only fitting we start with the jets given Chris's presence here on the show. All right, let's ex- let's exchange talking points. I got. I'll start with this one. Oh, okay. You're not going to empty the chamber like you did last week no, and leave we me were in the a bag crunch, with absolutely we had like, nothing. We had three minutes, <laughs> and I said, "Here it is," and we checked the box with the Houston Texans. So we'll, we can be a little bit more back and forth today. But I want to start with I think where we're probably going to start most of these conversations, and that's with the opportunities to improve the football team. And I want to look specifically at cap space where the Jets enter this coming offseason with $49 million in cap space. That's good. That's ninth in the NFL. That's good. But that we can good. make it a lot better. Look at these cut candidates that this team has for like virtually no dead cap accumulation. George Fant, goodbye, $9 million. Connor McGovern, goodbye, $9 million. Shaq Lawson, goodbye, $9 million. Greg Van Roten, three and a half. Ryan Griffin, 3.2. Slow down. Justin Hardy. Doing the math. Two, it's 36 35. million. Oh, uh, yeah. We can get this thing over 80, like $85 million. That would give the Jets the most cap space in the NFL. And who cares about any one of the players I just mentioned, right? Like they're not going to be part of your long-term plan to get the Jets turned around. You might as well get that cap space. That's a great, great place to start. And, and of course, since we're talking about improving the team, look at their draft capital, right? Yes. They, they have a great opportunity because of the Jamal Adams trade. They've got... Right now, what is aligned to be two top 10 picks? I I do know I would be sweating bullets over the final month of the season if I was the Jets to, to see where that Seahawks pick lands. Uh, but this has the potential if Seattle continues to, you know, even if they go, if Seattle goes two and two, it's going to be a top 10 pick, right? You just can't have Seattle going a little bit of a heater and going a run. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to have a great opportunity with a draft class that, no, as we've gotten deeper and deeper into the process, we've liked more and more of the talent. And we have six guys in from the regional portion of our scouting process right now. They got top 10 overall valuations. Like you're guaranteed you're going to have a really good player in your lap with your own pick. Never mind what Seattle might bring. And you know what? If Seattle ends up being eighth or ninth in the queue, what a great opportunity to trade down. See if yeah. the the top available quarterbacks on the board and get get a little bit of a market going for that kind of pick. You're in no rush, and and I think that there's an understanding with Robert Saleh being a first year head coach. Like this is going to take time, so you have assets, and that's one thing Joe Douglas, I think, has been pretty good at is collecting assets and draft picks and making the most of those opportunities. Well, I think this second first round pick, if it doesn't fall in a spot where you absolutely love the player that's available to you, you're going to have an opportunity to parlay it into more picks. And I think that's a great thing for the team building process. Two ones, two twos. That second first second round pick is from Carolina. That's probably going to be a top 50 pick. They got their own third, two fourths, two fifths. So, I mean, loaded with draft capital are the New York Jets. Let me... I'm going to kind of dump a lot into this statement, but the next thing that I would cling to if I were a Jets fan for optimism is that year one is behind you, right? Right. Like not just for Robert Sala, but for Zach Wilson and for some of those rookies that they drafted this past year, Elijah Vera Tucker, Elijah Moore, uh, Michael Carter, 
you know, those, those players all had different rookie seasons, but I think having that first year behind you is so beneficial, right? You, you made it. It's, it's going to be over with soon. And now you can really start to get excited about what you've learned about those players and where you think they can go now that you've seen them in the building and they're not going to spend next offseason getting ready for a combine or a senior bowl or a pro day. They're going to get ready to play for the New York Jets with a very defined role and a very defined system. And I think just kind of putting this year behind you to propel yourself moving forward from a coaching and young players perspective, that's good news for the Jets. How about uh, the potential return of Carl Lawson next year? I think yeah. that's, you know, his loss at the beginning of the season in the summer was obviously a big one. Uh, a player who was looking to kind of prove himself as an A1 pass rusher. He's been a productive player as a pass rusher, but, you know, this was going to be the first opportunity to see him in the featured role in a defensive front. And he got hurt, unfortunately, and uh, will have missed this entire season. But you're going to get a chance to get a guy like that back. And, you know, you've already paid the upfront dollars that were re required for that contract to go through. But, like, you can almost view this as another addition to your free agent draft class or free agent class this year because – and you're going to get him at a relative discount versus spending the money in what turned out to be a sunk season and developmental foundational season anyway. That's a great time to spend money on a guy who's a younger player who – plays a premium position and that's what the jets have in carl lawson and the opportunity to get him back i think that's a big win for the jets too next year you can extend some of that to Corey davis as well who's been banged up all year you know ideally you get a healthy Corey davis and man when he was on the field i thought he played well but you know he's never been really healthy this year as well as mikai becton right like that this season being behind becton and davis you know for similar but different reasons as Lawson, you know, really sets you up to add a potentially an impact receiver, pass rusher, and an offensive tackle to your football team, right? Without having to bring in a anybody that's not already there, right? They're already yeah. here. Yeah. And so you'd like to think that better days in green are ahead for Becton, Lawson, and Corey Davis. And so I'll I'll consider that my talking point, extending what you said about Carl Lawson to Corey Davis and Mikai Becton. Well, and I think you can extend that to the last talking point that I have for the Jets, which is the opportunity to put more around Zach Wilson in year two, right? And this is the developing quarterback is a messy business. And obviously we we've acknowledged some of the unideal circumstances that Zach has played at in stretches and is probably going to finish this year with given Elijah Moore being on uh, IR and, and Corey Davis can being continue to be banged up and Michael Carter's on IR and some of the, the health and just depth, right? Everybody, everybody deals with injuries throughout the course of a season, but the jets haven't had enough time to have depth to call upon quality players out of the bullpen for when guys like that get banged up. So having more depth, and breadth to your offensive weaponry for Zach Wilson entering into year two, which is always a very telling year, year two, from a player development perspective, I think can help the Jets uh, to best put him in a position to succeed. Uh, I like some of the things that they do from a scheme perspective. It's just a matter of, okay, you know, getting Zach in the right frame of mind to execute that offense and walk that tightrope between being an aggressive big play guy, but also taking what's available to you and, 
having more weapons available to you such your so that when you do take the underneath stuff, you're encouraged to do that again because those guys can make some plays with the ball in their hands. Last thing I have on the Jets, and then I'm curious for Chris to let us know how we, how did, we did and if there's yeah. anything we left off is a player that I thought shown promise for them this year is Bryce Hall. Um, really good scheme fit. Wow. And Joe caping Bryce Hall. Never would have guessed. Got to, man. It's been a few years. He's been <laughs> been banged up, man. You gotta, I got to sneak it in there, you know? I think he's played well, and I think he's a good fit for this team. And, you know, we, we've talked a lot about this cornerback situation. And if Bryce Hall can be one of your starters and then you get a talented young player, you sign a free agent, you can feel a lot better about where your corner room is entering 2022. Chris, how we do? I thought you guys did well. I think my main takeaway and the place that gives me the most optimism is that a lot of the investments they made in terms of offensive skill players, whether it was via free agency with Corey Davis or whether it was through the draft with uh, Elijah Moore and Michael Carter, they have shown and have paid big dividends this season. And you have seen those guys develop into major players for what this team wants to build. Uh, they've also, I th think, did a great job with the offensive line, at least draft-wise, uh, with Elijah Vera Tucker. And Joe, as you mentioned, they can cut a lot of the, the guys that aren't performing well on that offensive line and free up the money to be able to do so. So a great job, gentlemen. Great job. Well, thank you, Christopher. Um, we got to talk will. about we, the – We will. The we will. We we, oh, we will. Go ahead. Sam Darnold set to return off IR today. Let's go. Play, play him on Sunday, baby. Yep. yep. Designated Darnold a return. He is practicing today. Wow. Is, is Sam Darnold the best quarterback on the team? Yes. I think he is, too. It's not. It right. doesn't have to be a glowing endorsement of Sam. Right. right. <laughs> Let's be abundantly right. clear about that. But, yeah. Uh, so that that's a big move. All right, yeah, I agree. I'll be I'll be at that game Sunday. Panthers Bills. Oh, wow. you should say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year. Using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques, they've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds that you can find at a light price, only eight hundred dollars per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but they're just grown in a lab. And because of their process, they can create stones in bluish pink and beautiful blue, as well as that classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off, priced so that they don't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com to add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds, never a dull moment. As we continue the Levy Grail here on this Wednesday episode of draft dudes as teams are eliminated from playoff contention we will spend some time with them each week this week it's the jets jaguars and lions i guess we'll finish up the afc here by talking about the jaguars the jacksonville jaguars only only positive things only positive i'll start uh, with the cap space share sure, a lot of ahead. it 70 million third best in the nfl now, it's not like the Jets or Houston, right? Like, I was able to look through those rosters and find a lot of great opportunities to move on from players. Not the same here, but they do have two. One of them is Brandon Linder. You can clear an additional $10 million in cap space mm. by moving on from Linder. The other one is Miles Jack, and Jack's a good player. I don't think he's having a great season, but you can save – Think like eight point seven five million wow. if you were he, to. He he just got that deal like yeah a year year and a half ago. 
So if you, you think he's a trade candidate or you want to just move yeah, on. You, no, you can trade him. Yeah. Well, you have a market. Go ahead. Get a, get a day two so. pick for Miles Jack. Sure. I think a lot of teams should do that. But maybe you think Miles Jack can, can be part of your, you know, your program moving forward, which I wouldn't hate that decision either. How about the chance to uh, reassess your franchise direction and make some changes before long-term detrimental damage is done? No, we, we mentioned this yesterday with Trevor Lawrence and the regression of his play and how it's setting off some alarm flags. And you're going to have an opportunity here in about a month. And I think the decision-making process that you have to go through is what is best for Trevor Lawrence because this was a golden goose that you guys got yourselves in position to land in uh, with this draft pick. Obviously, Chris made the point that the hiring process last year had Trevor Lawrence in mind because you knew you had the number one pick. But now that you, you've you seen some of him playing at the NFL level, um, you have a better idea of what his current pros and cons are as a pro quarterback and can tailor what you do, the direction of your entire team around that. And I think the chance to make sure that you make the changes necessary to put Trevor in position to live up to his potential is a very important one. And in the big picture, it, it might require some change that uh, may be difficult or may not be difficult, but it will be necessary change. And this is about a month away from you guys having a chance to do that. How about getting Travis Etienne back, right? Like not that you ever really had him, but you, the idea of him existed. Yeah. And certainly his big play potential in the offense would only have been a benefit to everything, right? Like the way that defenses will space the field against you, where you can use him. I know that they were giving him some run in the slot, obviously a big play guy. And that type of presence just literally back into your lineup and being able to move your offense forward is going to be a big boost. Again, another opportunity without bringing anyone that's not already under contract into your facility, Travis Etienne can make an impact for this team next year. Um, I still think that the the continued play of Josh Allen is a cause for excitement. He's been a dynamic play. Like, he took over the Buffalo game this year, and they haven't had a lot of wins. They haven't had a lot of chances to, to hang their hats on performances. But And they, they've made a number of investments in pass rushers on the defensive side of the ball. You include... Caleb on chase on as well. And but Josh Allen's like the potential is there to be a game record yeah. and his continued development and opportunities to refine what's around him in your defensive front to really unlock his potential. But obviously, you know, you think about the investment that they made in Taven Bryan, and that's been one that, you know, he's been inclined to play because he's been a, a high draft selection, but, I think you can get a little bit more out of that interior defensive front. You should have a lot of opportunities to find guys to do that. And you get more guys with more threat inside to pair with Josh Allen off the outside. And like that can potentially be an, a key identity piece for your entire team. And uh, be excited to, to kind of tinker with that. If I was Jacksonville this off season. Yeah. I think as a whole, I mean, Jacksonville's got building blocks and you know, Trevor Lawrence certainly yeah. being, the headliner, and like you mentioned, Josh Allen and um, Miles Jack is certainly a player that I view as as a guy that can be that. And so um, I, I like that they're not like completely devoid of cornerstone options that are young and intriguing. 
Um, they do have a fair amount of draft capital, um, depending on how the compensatory picks land. We're talking about 12 draft picks, potentially an extra third round pick in the CJ Henderson deal. And that, you know, they're going to be picking top five, right? Let's be honest. Yep. So you're going to get another blue chip type player that doesn't have to be a quarterback, right? You've got your clear direction at quarterback in Trevor Lawrence. And so whether you like one of these offensive tackles or Kyle Hamilton's a guy that you want to bring in or, or they whatever. Hate, fans like, hated that pick, by the way. I know. It's so crazy, right? Well, so crazy. The good news is it's a deep tackle class. Sure. So, like, if you walked away with Trevor Penning at 35 and Kyle Hamilton at two or three, are you yeah. mad? You shouldn't be. Are you mad? No. You should be you happy. Should, you should be thrilled. because should be the scene at the end of draft day when they have all the guys up on the stage and they're throwing a big party. This podcast is team draft good players, and you're going to have a hard time finding a good player that's more of a good player than Kyle Hamilton, who may end up, as I wrote in my report for him, being uh, the best prospect I have evaluated at his respective position in my career of doing draft scouting. Woo! Uh, quick shout out on year two for Tyson Campbell, Walker Little, Andre Cisco as well, right? That's, that's right. They should help them next year. That's right. I have a very quick wee woo before we oh, get to the last team. Very Fake. quick. Um, and I'm just going to read the tweet because I th- this is not something that I follow very closely, but it feels like a big deal. Uh, Deion Sanders flipping the number one yes. recruit in the nation, Travis Hunter from Florida, from State, Florida State to, to Jackson, Jackson State. State. Seems like a pretty big deal. Saw the tweet. Thought I'd mention it. Okay. Okay, the number one recruit film in the country. I don't, I don't know if he's flipping. Dion, Dion's going to be coaching a, a, a power five team, like a probably a big market power five team in the next two years. Yeah, especially with the free agency that exists now in college football right. and NIL, man. Yeah, right. that's big time. Which, that's a great tease for the bull pick'em because <laughs> when I went with confidence points, which we did, and that's going to come out later, Chris, this week, is that correct? Thursday, 7 o'clock, the Draft Network YouTube channel. Okay, well there you go. That's a great plug for the draft uh, bowl, uh, the the draft network's bowl pick'em special with Joe and I. Jackson State was my pick in that game, and they are very high in the confidence points. So I'll just leave it at that. Do I need to blitz the Lions here? And you can um, fill in the blanks. For for me, the the main talking point that I had was blank slate. Yeah, you know, you, you are getting rid of a lot of players that were tailored to a specific coach and his scheme last time around. And uh, between Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, like you got guys who are uh, understand this is a long term process. And you could tell that with Dan Campbell, just the way he talks about his players and talks to his players. And you could tell that with Brad Holmes, with the way he handled uh, the Matt Stafford, Jared Goff deal. And you got a bunch of extra draft capital out of that, including two first round picks this year, uh, one from the Rams. And you are literally a blank canvas. So go ahead and make this team in your image. You are not a team that is going to have a lot of pressure to produce results in 2022. And I think that's a great thing. You got 40 million in cap space. That's 13th in the NFL. I can get you another 10 and a half by moving on from Trey Flowers. Get you an extra 4.2 from moving on from Big V at offensive tackle. <laughs> they got two first round picks, two third round picks. And, of course, a very high second-round pick, so they're going to be able to get some young talent in the room. Go ahead. Uh, real quick, their, their offensive line has a fair amount of talent on it, right? Sure does. Taylor, Taylor Decker, Frank Ragnall, Penny Sewell. Stud. And, and they have, I think, the most cash right now scheduled for their offensive line out of any team in the league in 2022. And uh, you, you mentioned the potential to move on from Big V, but even still, like, you got a great foundation of an offensive yeah. line there to work with. No question. Uh 
Yeah, Penny Sewell, stud in year one. You've got young players in year two in Aleem McNeil, Armin Ross St. Brown, uh, Derek Barnes, Levi on Wuzuriki. They should take a step forward next year. Jeff Akuda, right? Like the Achilles injury before the season. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen next year, right? Like we're going to find out if Akuda can play. And certainly based on his draft pedigree and what he showed at Ohio State, there's a lot of reason to believe that he can be outstanding. And then kind of the same thing I've said for a lot of these teams a coaching staff that needed to get year one behind them, right? A lot of young coaches, yeah. new coaches, and big roles. And uh, I think they'll learn a lot and grow a lot through what they went through in 2021. There you go. Levy Grail. Jets, Jaguars, Lions. Who will join the ranks next week? You're just going to have to wait and see. So make sure you hit subscribe on the Draft Dudes podcast and find out Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes podcast. We hope you have a great one. We'll talk with you guys again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.